This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Let me ask you a question as we're in week three of this series called Absolute. Um, we're going to be in this series just for a while, just so we all understand. We're looking at truth. We're looking at what truth comes from the designer, Jesus Christ. And so we're in this series, and it's going to be a really, really good series. And I believe that, that God is, as it says in the book of Ephesians, that he would give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. How many know we need spiritual wisdom and understanding not from the earth, but from God and from the Holy Spirit right now, okay? It's really important. And so we find that spiritual wisdom and understanding from Jesus and the life of Jesus Christ. And so let me ask you this question. If you had one chance to talk to Jesus, it's just you and Jesus, have you ever wondered what would he say to you? What would he reveal to you? And I would have to say, the answer would be the Word of God. See, we all think that, like, if we were to sit down with Jesus, you know, he would, like, talk to us about, like, like things that we wanted to talk about. And the reality is, he'd go, no, I want to talk to you about things that I've talked about. I've given you this great thing called the Gospels, okay? Anybody in love with the Gospels? I, I mean, I love the whole Bible, but there is just something supernaturally powerful, amazing about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, hearing the words of Jesus Christ, hearing the stories of Jesus Christ. See, you know what I love is that I've started this new thing. Um, I, I love talk sports radio, okay? Um, I, really, I really do. But it's just, it's, even that's garbage right now. It's just just garbage. And the other day I was listening to it and I was like, you know what? I'm going to just throw the Bible on, you know, the Bible app. I just threw on the audio version. And I've been just driving around listening to the Bible. And I'm like, man, how many times did Jesus heal people in the gospels? It was just a rampage of healing people and restoring people and loving people and encouraging people. I love the gospels. And so we go to the Gospels to let King Jesus talk to us about what? Your life. He wants to speak to you about your life, your everyday in and out life. John chapter 4, verse 24 through 26. I'm actually reading in the, in the Passion Translation. This is Jesus. He says, from here on, Worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place. Jesus says, hey, I'm, I'm going to do something. I'm going to go to the cross, and I'm going to tear the veil, and I'm going to make this accessible, where you can worship any place, anytime. You can worship in the car. You can worship in the shower. You can worship at church. There is no barrier any longer. There won't be a place to worship. You won't have to go to the temple to worship. You're going to just worship me. But he says this, but it'll be a matter of what? The right heart. The right heart. 
For God is spirit, and he longs for sincere worshipers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and the truth. Verse 25, the woman says this. This is also confusing. Have you ever read the Gospels and thought, what was Jesus saying? You know, like, what was Jesus meaning? Okay. You know, it's like the woman, not the woman, but Jesus' mom. Jesus' mom comes to him at this wedding, this this festival that they have. I mean, Jewish weddings are crazy, okay? They party like for a week or two weeks. It's just like awesome. And they come, and Jesus' mom comes to him and says, Hey, um, we're out of wine. And Jesus responds and he goes, It's not my time. And you're like, What? What, Jesus? She's talking about wine, like they just ran out of wine. And Jesus goes, it's not my time. Sometimes things that Jesus are talking about aren't earthly realm things. He's talking about heavenly things. And Jesus is going, it's not my time to give the wine. What's the wine? It's the blood of Jesus Christ that would wash away the sins of this earth. Amen? And so this woman is looking at Jesus, and she's like, what are you talking about? This is so confusing. She says this, but I know that the anointed one, the anointed one, Jesus, is coming, the true Messiah. And when he comes, he will tell you everything you need to know. And Jesus said to her, you don't have to wait any longer. There's no waiting. I remember Taka, the guy who discipled me, he told me this. He said, you can have as much of Jesus as you want or, or just a minimal amount. If you want him, you can have him. He's accessible. He's here. He cares about you. Jesus said, I'm here. Maybe any parents in the room? Parents, raise your hand real high. Be proud. Be proud. I know some days you're not proud. Okay. <laughs> I know some days it's just like a dumpster fire, okay? I get it. I know we have a lot of parents online. I know we have a lot of soon-to-be parents. We have a bunch of pregnant people in our church. So excited for them. Yes. Are you guys here today? AJ? Samaya? Oh, my gosh. You are like days away. Come on, girl. We can't wait to see that little boy. I can't wait to do uh, baby dedications again. I love them. How many of you know, though, as parents, there's one thing you can't stand? Okay? Any, any ideas? Hmm? Anything? I hear something. Say it real loud. Yeah, yeah, who said that? Yes. You, lying, Right? Whining? Well, yeah, whining is about the worst thing, too. But lying, okay, lying. We tell our kids all the time, if you're truthful, we can fix anything, okay? But if you lie to me, you can go live in a van down by the river because you will no longer live in this house any longer, okay? If you lie to me, you will see the rage of a 
thousand fires burning just as it burns in Jesus' eyes, as flames of fire. You will see the flames of fire, okay? Remember a couple years ago, we caught Ben in a lie. And so I took him and I spanked him. And, and I know it's not politically correct to say that you spank your kids in 2020. I don't give a crap what's politically correct, okay? Can I get an amen from somebody? Listen, I'm going to discipline my children. I'm not going to beat my children, okay? Even though I got some beatings when I was growing up. I remember my grandma was spanking me one time, and I was a little old, and it didn't really hurt, and so I started laughing. And then she ripped out an extension cord out of the wall and started beating me. I should have called the cops, okay? So I spanked him, okay? And I took his iPad for like a month. Because I'm like, listen, we don't lie. But then I sat him down and I told him this. I said, this is not who you are. This is not your nature. This is not your character. And Jesus is saying what to us? He says, God is spirit and he longs for sincere worshipers who adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. He's saying, I want you to know who you are. You are a worshiper in the spirit realm, and you are a worshiper in the physical realm. But that is your nature, and that's who you are. And he's speaking to a woman, right, that had been caught in what? The act of adultery. And she had five different partners. And he's saying to her, this is not who you are. I'm here I've come for you, I love you, I care about you, and I've come to change things. We worship in spirit. This is why we worship. We don't worship here just to worship. We're not just doing songs. We're not just trying to listen to pretty people here at Elevate Church. We're trying to get into the holies of holies where the presence of God is so that we can be encouraged, so we can be full of his life and his grace. Can I get an amen from anybody, okay? But Jesus is looking for sons and daughters that will worship him in the actions of their life. In the actions of their life. It took me a long time to understand that Jesus loved that I was a worshiper. When I got saved, like I talked about, I, I just grew up in the presence of God. I loved worship, and I, I, was, I loved worship. And he loved that I loved worship, but he also wanted me to know how to worship him with my life. Truth is this. We can say something. We can say something with our lips and live out something completely different the rest of the week. And, and I want to make sure we understand this. I am not going into a message about works, okay? Listen, I am so grateful for the grace of God. I need it all the time. I'm so thankful that we live in the dispensation of grace and that we are not going to stand before Jesus and be like, I worked my way to heaven. We're gonna stand before Jesus and go, it was all because of you and what you did and your grace and your love. So this is not a message about works, okay? We're not getting into works today. But we are getting into this idea that Jesus wants us to live our life in 
action in worship for him. Next Sunday, me and Jess, uh, I know she's not uh, here today, but me and Jess, we're celebrating 17 years of marriage. Can I get an amen? Come on. We made it. Trust me, there were some days I thought we weren't going to make it. Right? 17 years, next Sunday. And me and Jess, we were talking, and we were actually talking to Brenda Chenoweth, that's uh, Jess's mom over there. And we were talking, and she said that she goes, man, when we first got married, you were such a butthole. <laughs> but she didn't say butt, okay? She said the other word, okay? She's a bad girl, isn't she? She's a bad pastor's wife, okay? Now think about that. Like, I think that's like one of the worst things that you could say about anybody on the earth. I mean, think about a butthole. Like, that's just, it's terrible. It's terrible. But I looked at her and I said, well, you were a brat when we got married, okay? So anyways, what was the issue? The issue was this. When we got married, I didn't understand how Jesus saw marriage. Right? Let me read this to you. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. You know, most people won't even let me um, use this scripture anymore when I marry them. They don't want it. Oh, 100%. Verse 21. It says, And further, submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. Submit to one another. Meaning what? Lay down your life for that other person. Care deeply, intimately about that other person. Verse 22 says, For wives, this means to submit to your husband as unto the Lord. And for husbands, he is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. Let me say this to all the men. You are the head of your house regardless if you see yourself the head of your house or not. God sees you as the head of the house and you will be held accountable before God as the head of the house as you lead your wife and your children. Okay? For he's the savior of the body and the church. As the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to their husbands and everything. For husbands, this means to love your wife as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Okay? Remember last week I talked about that John chapter 1, it's talking about that Jesus is the head and he's the one that's established everything, meaning this, that he's a designer. Okay? So he is the one that thought up marriage. He is the one that designed marriage. And his idea of marriage is very different of what we grow up in America. Can I get an amen from anybody? Okay? It says, for husbands, this means to love your wives as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Listen. Can I just give you a, like, real talk moment, like a truth moment, okay? Listen, when we were getting married, that day, August 9th, what year was that, Mimi? Long time ago. Long time ago. Oh, three. There we go. I'm terrible. 
August 9th, 03. When we were getting married that day, I was not thinking about this verse. All I was thinking about was, how fast can I get her clothes off when this ceremony is done, okay? Right? And for the rest of my life, this is all I care about, okay? I was not thinking about, how am I going to lay my life down for her? But Jesus needed what? For me to learn how to worship him in truth. Meaning what? He needed me to learn how to worship him in my marriage. So he needed me, he needed Jeff to learn how to not win all the time. Right? I remember I was like buying our first car that we were gonna like have together. I knew Jess couldn't drive a stick, but there was this white uh, Volkswagen Jetta that was in the first Fast and Furious movie, and it was a stick shift. And I was like, that is super cool. I don't care that she can't drive a stick. I can drive a stick, and I want this car, okay? I had to learn how to not win all the time. I had to learn to not be selfish all the time. I remember we were on our honeymoon, okay? And for everybody that had a great honeymoon, good for you. Mine was awful, okay? I'm no, no, I promise you, it was terrible, okay? You can ask Jess. She cried every day, like multiple times a day. I'd be like, why are you crying? She'd be like, I don't even know. I'm crying. I'm like, we're, we're on our honeymoon. We're at like the beach. You're like, what is happening? Okay. But I remember like we're on our honeymoon and we go to like this, you know, nice restaurant and we're eating good. And, you know, the waiter comes and he says, would you like dessert? And I'm like, yes and amen. Multiple times I will take dessert. Okay. I order dessert. She does not order dessert. When the dessert comes, Somehow she believes that my dessert is her dessert, okay? Listen, all you ladies, okay? Listen, okay? When your husband orders food, it is not for you. It is for him, okay? Can I get an amen from all the men in the house, okay? So when you say, no, I don't want something, I'll just eat what he's having. No, that is a lie from the pit of hell, okay? That's not truth. So my dessert comes to the table, and I start eating my dessert. And she looked at me and said, are you going to share? And I said, well, why didn't you order your own? On my honeymoon, okay? On my honeymoon. I had to learn how to be humble and meek like Jesus is humble and meek with my wife. I had to learn how to be nice and kind. Listen, I grew up with all brothers. I didn't grow up with girls, okay? Brothers are mean people, okay? They will steal from you. They will punch you. They will play pranks on you. They will throw mattresses at you, right? This is how I grew up. I didn't know how to be nice and kind and sweet with my words. I'm still working on it. I had to learn how to go to home goods. All the wives said amen, right? 
Listen, I take just the home goods. It is a good night in Jesus' name, okay? I had to learn, okay? What did I have to learn? I had to learn to be like Jesus, not just on Sunday, right? Because this is what Jesus is talking about. He said, I care about you worshiping me in spirit, but I really care about how you worship me as you honor your wife. How about this one? You guys are going to hate me for this, okay? Jesus wanted me to learn how to worship him with my finances. Matthew 6, 19, verse 19 through 21. Don't store up treasure for yourself here on earth where moth and vermin will destroy and where thieves will break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin won't destroy it, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. I don't know if you've picked up on this yet in life, but what you treasure, your money goes to. I passed Starbucks the other day. There was a line out to the road. I'm like, you're going to wait like 30, 40 minutes for a stupid coffee? And you're going to pay like $7 for for that coffee? Their treasure. Your money will always be connected to what you love and what you care about. Always. Do you know how you get out of like with Jesus? You're like, wait, what? What are you saying? Listen, when me and Jess were dating, there was one thing I did do right, okay? I told her when we started dating, I said, I won't tell you I love you until I put a ring on your finger because I had messed that up a lot, okay? From the time I was like 11 years old, every girl I met, I was like, I love you. (laughs) Right? I was like 11 years old. Listen, I was 11 years old, and I was dating a freshman. Come on. And I told that girl that I loved her. So I told Jess, I said, listen, I won't say I love you. So we would be on the phone and be like, I like you, you know, until I put a ring on her finger. Why? Because I was saying, this is commitment. This is commitment. You know how you get out of like with Jesus and get in love with Jesus? You can see it. It's tithers. Tithers, meaning what? You are returning to God what is his. We're not giving anything. So we talk about this all the time, like, we're giving. We're not giving anything. God gives us everything. Everything you have, your job, your home, your car, everything you have is the grace of God. And all you're redoing is taking the 10th and returning it to him. Giving is actually over the top of the 10th. You're just returning to him. What is his? Let me show you this. This this nature of love for Jesus. Mark chapter 14, 14, verse 32 through 36. Jesus prays in Gethsemane. Jesus is about to go to the cross and he takes the disciples and he's taking them to this place called Gethsemane. And it says, Jesus led his disciples to his orchard called what? The oil press. 
Gethsemane, it meant this. It was an oil press. This is where the grapes would be harvested, and they would take the grapes, and they would crush the grapes to make what? Beautiful wine. We could just preach that right there. Jesus is taking the disciples to this place where he knows he's about to be crushed and his blood would be spilled and it would produce something beautiful and amazing that we get to live in the grace and the glory and the goodness of Jesus Christ. And because of what he did, we are now righteous because he makes us righteous. And so Jesus takes them to the oil press. He says, sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, Jacob, and John with him And as soon as he left, an insane feeling of great horror plunged his soul into the depths of sorrow and agony. Have you ever thought that Jesus knew every punch? That he knew when they would rip his beard out? That he knew that they would take thorns and jab it into his skull? Did you, did, can you think about that? Can you imagine that Jesus has already seen and he already knows that they're going to take this whip and it's going to be filled with bone and it's going to be filled with glass and I've studied this before and this whip was designed to penetrate your body and to get into the muscle and to get into the tissue of your body and rip it out of you. And this is what Jesus knows he's about to experience. And so he's filled, he's plunged with horror. He's plunged with horror. And then he said to them, my heart is overwhelmed and anguish and crushed with grief. What was the grief? The grief was that he knew he was about to take all of our sin into him. I mean, have you ever felt guilt and shame before? Imagine all of the world's guilt and shame being put on Jesus and that Jesus knows and understands that the Father is actually not going to rescue him, right? The Father is going to let him hang. The Father's going to actually, the worst part about it, I really believe this, that the worst part for Jesus was not the, not the whipping, not the nailing, not any of that. The worst part was what, when his Father looked away. We think about hell like fire and brimstone. No, 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 no. It's the idea that you could never get back to Jesus. That's, that's it. God the Father, he is going to look away. He says this, I feel like I'm dying. Stay here with me. Watch me. And he walked a short distance away. He became overcome with grief, and he threw himself face down on the ground, and he prayed to the Lord. He prayed to the Father. He says this, if it's possible, he would not have to experience this hour of suffering. He prayed, Abba, Father, All things are possible in you. Please don't let me drink this cup of suffering. Yet I want what is not important, for I only desire to fulfill your plans for me. Remember the beginning of the message, John chapter 4, verse 24, it says, 
For here, from here on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but the right heart. Jesus is looking through the earth right now in the pressing. You figured that out yet? The world's being pressed. We're in the pressing. And the word says that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth looking for hearts that are what? Are his. In this season, in this moment, Jesus is searching the earth and he's going, where are my kids? Where are my sons and where are my daughters that will worship me in spirit, but they will also worship me in truth? They will step up in this season, in this moment, in this time, in the pressing. They will rise up because they are mine and they know my voice and I'm leading my kids and they will step up and they will live in truth. Jesus is searching the earth right now looking for those who will trust him looking for those who will love people. Look, I, I was at the stoplight um, two days ago, and I looked over, and there was a couple Muslim ladies in the car, and they were eating French fries. And I was like, this is interesting. And I saw them, and right away the Lord said, do you know how much I love them? Do you know how much I care about them? just think that the world's about us. And the Lord is, he's going, I'm looking for people that will worship me in spirit and in truth. They will live this out. They will love people well. They'll honor people well. They'll believe the best in people. They won't write stupid stuff on Facebook. They'll rise up. They'll be my people. They'll keep giving. They'll keep honoring me. They'll keep serving. They'll keep me first. Jesus is going, I'm looking for that. I'm looking for people that will stand when things are difficult. Worship team, you guys can come on up. I, I, I want to share this story with you. Can you just put up that picture? I just need the picture, not the video. I just need the picture real quick, okay? There it is. Uh, this is Jonathan Isaac. And um, the other night, I was super excited. Sports are back. I don't know about you, but I need a distraction, okay? I love sports. And I love basketball. I love playing basketball. I love the NBA. The other night, it was opening night of the NBA, and they had a big, you know, thing about equality. And listen, I, I want to make this abundantly clear, okay? I 100% believe in equality. You can't love Jesus and not believe that every single person on the earth matters to him. I don't care if they're black, if they're white, if they're Asian, Hispanic. I talk about this all the time. One of my favorite like pictures is me in high school 
And I have my friend Mukul Varvel. He's Indian. Um, I have uh, black friends. I have Asian friends. I have I have white friends. And we're all together. We were, we were a crew. I just I just I understand what's going on. But but Friday night they're they're doing this the whole Black Lives Matter thing. And and I have no problem saying Black Lives Matter. No problem. My only issue is this, is that I'm not gonna bow down to a Babylonian idea that comes from the pit of hell that is actually dividing us and not bringing us together. Can anybody have enough sense to see this? Listen, I don't care if you think that I'm a racist for saying all lives matters. Let me tell you, in the kingdom of Jesus, that's the place I live. I don't live in the kingdom of America. I live in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And in the kingdom of Jesus Christ, he cares deeply about people in Brazil. He cares deeply about people in China. He cares deeply about people of all race, all color, all ethnicity around the earth. And we are for all people. And I love all people. And so they're doing, you can see it, all the guys are kneeling. Everybody's wearing Black Lives Matter shirts. And Friday night, this is happening. And listen, I don't have a problem with it. That's what they want to do. We live in America. That's the beauty of America. All right, can we just be honest? Like, I love that America, you can, you can worship what you want to worship. We are free to worship here today because of America. And I'm thankful that we're in America. And I'm thankful that we're not in some underground place in China fearing the idea that we are going to be arrested and maybe even murdered for our belief in Jesus Christ. What an honor that we live in America and get to worship him freely. Right? So the other night, they're doing this, and this guy stands. This guy stands. And right away, I've never, I've never, I've never read a thing about this guy in my life, but something inside of me said, he is a believer. He's a believer. I know he's a believer. I know that I know that I know that he's a believer. And he did this press conference. And I'm going to show you a clip of the press conference. They go, hey, we recognize two things. You didn't wear the Black Lives t-shirt and you didn't uh, kneel. Can you explain yourself? And what does he start talking about? He starts talking about the gospel. He starts talking about Jesus. What's he saying? What was he saying? I'm going to worship Jesus in spirit and in truth. I'm not bowing down to anybody. I'm not bowing down to any cultural thing. I'm not bowing down to anything that this world comes up with. I'm going to serve Jesus even when it's difficult. I want to show you these two videos. Go ahead and play that interview of him and in the next video. So you too. didn't kneel during the anthem, but you also didn't wear a Black Lives Matter shirt. Uh, do you believe that Black Lives Matter? Absolutely. I believe that Black Lives Matter. Um, a, lot, a lot went into my decision, and, and part of it is first off, um, 
it's, it's, it's my thought that you know kneeling or wearing a Black Lives Matter T-shirt um, don't go hand in hand with supporting Black Lives. And so um, I felt like just me personally, um, and what it is that I believe in, standing on the stance that um, I do believe that Black Lives Matter, but I I just felt like it was the decision that I had to make, and, and I, I didn't um, you know feel like putting putting that shirt on and, and kneeling uh, went hand in hand with supporting Black Lives or that it, it made me support Black Lives or not. I believe that uh, for myself, my, my, my life has been supported uh, through the gospel, Jesus Christ, and, and that everyone is made in the image of God and that we all foreshadow God's glory. In the midst of the, uh, the national anthem playing, I was praying, um, so I, I wasn't reciting it or anything like that. So there's, there's, there's not a stake in it for me necessarily with the with um, the, the national anthem or the flag. You know, America is a country that I live in. Um, I think that, you know, like any country, America has its issues, it has its problems, but I'm, I'm grateful for um, the freedoms here and the freedom to play basketball and the freedom to do what it is that, that I want to do and, 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 and the ability to protest, to not protest, to, to, do, to do what you want to do. So. Hey family, Jay out here. Listen, not too long ago, I had the opportunity to preach a sermon. It's my first sermon preached as an ordained minister. And with everything going on right now, I think it would be the perfect opportunity to give you a chance to watch it and check it out. Um, so I'm going to link it in my bio. But this particular sermon, I, I titled it, Don't Forsake Your Spiritual Development. Um, and in this sermon, I talked about how as kids, our parents needed us to develop. They wanted us to develop and they needed us to develop because primarily they wanted us out the house, but also they wanted us to be good, caring people because we're a reflection of them. They wanted us to grow up to be upstanding members of our community. So likewise, God needs us to develop spiritually. He needs us to develop in faith and understanding of who he is. So we'll be able to go out and do what we've been called to do because God has a world to save. So what I was telling people was don't forsake your spiritual development understand that like our parents they said no to some things they said yes to some things they might have chastised us some of us got whooping some of us got timeouts some of us got all different types of things but our parents did it because they wanted us to develop so god is proactive in your spiritual development he may say yes to some things he may say no to some things he may put you in situations that make you uncomfortable that help you to grow primarily because he wants you to grow in faith of him or he's trying to get you to faith in the first place so one of the verses that i used was uh, trouble lasts for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So I was telling people, don't get stuck in the night because God may be trying to show you that joy comes in the morning in him. So if you get stuck in the night and you get angry and you get upset, you will miss that God is just trying to show you more about who he is. He's trying to show you that joy comes in the morning. So don't get stuck in your night. With everything going on right now, don't get stuck in the night. Ask yourself, what is God trying to teach me about faith? What is God trying to teach me about myself? I've gone through some trials in my life and they have all showed me that God is faithful. So please check it out. It's going to be linked in my bio. Um, I, I said a little bit. There's much more in it. Check it out. I hope you all be blessed. Can you give it up for Isaiah? Come on. What a what an incredible young man of faith. You know what I love about that second video was this. He, he recorded that video a couple months ago. And he said something. He said, you might have to to do something difficult, but don't forsake the spiritual development. Church, can I say to you, don't forsake letting Jesus teach you how to worship him in spirit and in truth. He had no idea the pressure cooker he was gonna be in. He had no idea what he was going to have to do to say, you know what? I am not bowing down 
to the voice of the enemy. I'm going to bow down only to Jesus. Man, I love Jesus. Man, I love the kingdom. Listen, if the church, if we, the church, will fall in love with Jesus and live this thing out, we will reach everybody. We're going to reach everybody. We're going to reach every single different ethnicity, race, culture, creed, because Jesus is for everyone. He loves everyone. But it's time for the church to stand up and go, you know what? We're going to do our best. We're not going to be perfect people. God hasn't called us to be perfect people. That's why we have the grace of God. But we're going to do our best to live righteously. We're going to do our best to live holy. We're going to do our best to make sure that our lives are in love with Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen from anybody? Why don't you stand up this morning? Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.